Listeners, back for Season 2, Episode 6 of the Campbell's Gambles Podcast, proudly sponsored by our good friends at Dabble. If you haven't checked Dabble out, download them on the Google Play and what's the other one? The App Store. Blake, how's your week been? Been very wet in Sydney. Are you surviving the weather? <laughs> yeah, I've had to uh, dust off the snorkel to get uh, get anywhere out of the house. Even in the house, is a little bit wet, but we've had a few leaks and uh, oh. issues. But no, we're uh, we're scraping through, and it's uh, I shouldn't be complaining because I think there are a few people doing it a bit tougher up north. So hope everyone, yeah, if you're listening from up there, is doing all right and. Uh, yeah, staying positive. Yeah, ridiculous amounts of rainfall have has hit, I guess the the eastern um, coast currently, um, and now New South Wales is basically experiencing every single bit of rain that's hit Queensland. So yeah, tough times for a lot of people. Um, yeah, serious floods happening. Some really, really, really scary and horrific pictures from Queensland. Like if you look at mm. Brisbane CBD, like it's overflowing. Like it's yeah. yeah, it's not something to laugh about, but Jesus Christ, it makes you open your eyes and look twice. Like, could you imagine Sydney Harbour Bridge and like the Opera House, like, gee, you know, <laughs> being like, you know, water, <laughs> still, like far out. But um, I don't know, I heard some people saying, oh, it's, it's X with the construction and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, but I, mm. I, I don't know, I'm not really into that. We're a horse racing podcast, not a, <laughs> a, a uh, architectural design. <laughs> um, but anyway, um. We've got three races to cover this week. Big Group 1 races, both at Flemington and Randwick. But before we go into those races, we've got to head back to last week. We had five Group 1 races, which was an absolute mammoth day and the biggest day of the year thus far. Uh, I want to start off on a good note for both of us. Hinged, she got it done for us in the surround stakes. How did you see the race outplay, sir? Uh, Well, it, it... It did kind of unfold exactly how I said it would if Hinged was to get up, I think, just get the suck run on the rail. And then, obviously, we we spoke about the fact that she had um, plenty of wet track form and had proven that she could handle it before. Uh, she clearly did on Saturday, pretty much in the swimming pool at Ramwick. And, um, yeah, she just it was just a matter of getting out and, and sort of getting a head start from the rail um, on the horses that were running down the outside. So, um, yeah, she did pretty well to win that and uh, it was a nice price for both of us. So good land there. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we mark all our units at SP. Pretty sure when we were speaking on a Thursday night last week, she was around that $26 mark on most bookmakers. And mm. fortunately, we only get to record $10. So I'm sure the listeners absolutely crunched her in to half the odds that we gave out. But uh, mm. she was good. Startante is very good too. There was a, a small mention for Startantes from... Uh, Blake and myself and who was the other one heresy heresy was very good in fourth place so mm. um, I think we got that race absolutely spot on so very proud of both of us we took on the two favorites and uh, Espiona did run third but neither of them even looked like winning at one point in that race so mm. um, yeah 
not that they're both not quality horses. I just think even this week, there's another race where the market's just absolutely gone way too Upside hard. Yeah, yeah. Just, just really harsh on like a form line on these wet tracks. Like it's okay mm. to throw money on a few roughies because, you know, these it's very hard to, to get through these tracks at the best of time, given who the hell you are. So um, we'll see what happens this week. But uh, we'll head down south quickly. Marabai made it seven straight in the Oakley Plates. You were on Marabai each way. I don't know if that was a typo, but I, I wrote it down. So we've got to stick with it. Um, did you get, what did you get for the place there, Blake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing that's uh, worth mentioning, Jason, but it was, uh, was that a typo? It was a good win. It was a, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, it should have been just all on the, on the nose, but it was, it was for me regardless. And uh, hopefully the listeners uh, used a little bit of common sense there. <laughs> <laughs> If What's anyone followed me in on uh, on Murabi, but it did turn out like this was race eight that Murabi won the group one, and it turned out in the first seven races, like it was pretty obvious that there was um, a fairly strong up and in bias that we did sort of allude um, to on the podcast last week, Jason, but it really sort of showed itself early on in the card. Um, I did mention Finance Tycoon last week, um, got up at $6.50, led the whole way. Um, and plenty of other horses did the same during the card. So by race eight, it was fairly obvious that um, Marabai or Marabi was a much stronger chance than we made her out to be on the podcast. And uh, anyone that took that into account, I think, um, would have had a little cheeky win there. So Yeah. Well, I took her on personally, so I got egg in my face. Um, but after race, I say after the race at Argentia, I wasn't on it personally, but considering where she got two leaders back and she got the perfect saloon passage at the top of the straight and she couldn't run down a horse that she beat, I'm pretty sure, by a couple of lengths in the start before. Yeah, it wasn't mm. looking to be good because I think the first four winners were all um, leaders on rail. So, um, yeah, yeah Marabai's chances were just increasing as the day went on and that's how it basically mm -hmm. turned out. But to her credit, as, as I mentioned to her, I guess, in the podcast, Malkovich, just went out like an absolute fruitcake and she was mm. able to absorb that pressure early, sprint off a diamond. And it was a bit like uh, the race a couple of starts back where away game flashed late, but um, obviously Mar Marabi, Marabai, whatever you want to call her, she's a, she's a very talented horse. But talking about talented horses, there's none more so than very elegant. What an absolute champion. One <laughs> of the best we'll ever see. Um, are you still kicking yourself about last week, sir? Yeah, I was uh, I was not looking forward to this coming up <laughs> in the podcast. I um, yeah, having been one of the most consistent and dedicated followers of her, um, you yeah, fly the flag in the fan club. You you are the flag bearer. It was uh, yeah, it was a bittersweet moment seeing her get up and and me not uh, not being in her corner on Saturday. But yeah, she's. Honestly, hindsight's a hindsight's a great thing, but how can you how can you be going against a ten time Group One winner that's done it, you know, all the way from fourteen up to thirty two hundred meters? I mean, regardless of where she finishes, race to race, you just know that she's going to come back and give her all each time. So, um, yeah, big ups to you, Jason. You were on her, so well done there. Oh, I'm not really about, worried about tipping her because you know she obviously started a favor. I was I was very happy with my she's ideal tip like that. I thought that was. An absolute mm. furlough. And I thought I was on halfway down the straight. Um, I'm pretty sure I got pretty sure it's around like the $40 mark. And we we're talking last week about her as a sneaky roughie. Um, and then she started like $81 or something. So I got yeah. up 60s. I had a, 
pineapple on it, $61 or something. And I was mm. thinking, we're on here, boys. She, she absolutely <laughs> very elegant, but credit where credit's due, absolute champion horse, very elegant. And she fought back and nabbed She's Ideal on the line. But they're, both those horses are going absolutely phenomenal. And there's another horse that's going phenomenal out of that race, isn't there, Blake? Uh, there is, yeah. I, uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a cheeky on her as well oh. uh, on Saturday. So I was, I was pulling my hair out in the straight watching her look for runs up the rail and then run come seven wide in the last 200 meters and run the fastest last 200 of the race it was it was a ridiculous watch for a horse that was 91 dollars mm. uh in the end uh that's jewish if anyone's still wondering but yeah i mentioned her after that first up run uh same race obviously as most of these other horses that was the main sort of form race she closed off really well there over the the 1400 um and i said that i've wouldn't be having too much on this time. I'd be looking towards her getting over 2000, maybe a mile and a half. Uh, and I still am, but um, I think that she might be starting a little bit shorter next time, given that run. Possibly just a little bit, just a little mm. bit, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, let's just crack straight into this week. Got three races to cover. The first race will be covering is at Flemington. So we're going to head into the track conditions, weather and bias. I think this will be a very important um, segment for both um, tracks we'll be covering this week. So we've got the weather, 21 degrees and raining. The rail's out two metres. That rain I speak of, 20 to 35 millimetres forecasted. Um, and that rain is forecasted to hit roughly Saturday morning. So uh, early Saturday morning. So I think we'll know our fate um, before mm. the first race at Flemington. The track's currently a good four. I'd say by race day, if all of that expected rain was to hit, we'd probably see ourselves in a soft five to six region. Any expected bias at Flemington on Saturday, Blake? Um, I think even if it does rain, it's not going to destroy the track too much. I don't think there's been too much rain uh, sort of, you know, as there's been ridiculous amounts um, further up the coast, but um I think it just depends on what time the rain does hit because I'm I'm actually going to be in Melbourne this weekend and I've Oy. been keeping, keeping a close eye on the weather. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it looks like it is going to rain at some point over the weekend. And um, I think for the races that we'll be covering later on in the day, if it has rained um, by that stage, it might sort of bring a little bit of fairness into the track because I think if it doesn't, what I'm suspecting is that they'll – try to sort of guess whether it's going to rain or not whether they sort of water the track but if they think it is going to rain then they obviously won't be putting too much water on it and then if it doesn't rain you're going to end up with a bit of a cooked track i think um which you know it's it's very hard but um i definitely don't want to have that job of of guessing how much water to put on the track or whether it's going to rain or not on saturday but um it, that's what might that's what it might come down to so um it might be one to just uh, watch and assess. Irrigation, what a headache. Can't even get me started on that shit. Mm. Um, we're just talking <laughs> about the horses here. Don't worry about anything else. Race seven, it's the Group 1 Australian Guineas over the mile. Both the major Group 1 winners in the spring, Hajikotsu and Profondo, return to the races um, after some decent trials. Profondo won the spring champion stakes. Over the 2,000 metres at Royal Randwick and did so very impressively, as did Hitotsu um, in the Victorian Derby Group 1 level. So they go head-to-head. 
Currently, Profondo holds favoritism at $4 with double uh, speed map here, Blake. What do you expect to see, or who do you expect to see going forward here? Um, lightsaber, maybe, <laughs> if he decides to actually jump properly this time. Yes, yes. Uh, he's, uh, well, the, I saw the barrier blankets going on for the first time. So um, if it's a magical barrier blanket, then maybe we'll see him taking up the lead. Um, there's a few other other roughies in the race. Rhinoceros um, is one of those. Profondo's drawn pretty wide. He um, might uh, might show his hand early and, and go forward as well. But, um, yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be a... a freakish amount of pace in the race. I think Bashero will go forward as well. He, uh, he, he went forward last time and, and nearly won it. Um, just got nabbed by pinstriped on the line there. So um, yeah, a few, few roughies and, and potentially Profondo. Yeah. I like the draw for Profondo. I like him out wide here. I think the Flemington 1600 meters is a very um, fair star. And I've never been one to be too concerned about wide draws over um, start just like this, even the Randwick miles are very fair start. So I'm with Profondo on top here. I think personally he brings the strongest form lines here. I know he is first up and there's a few other runners or majority of the runners here that have already had a few runs under their belt. Um, however, I just think the Sydney form is a stronger form here. I think it's as simple as that for me. Um, he won impressively 14 RMEs first up on the Kenzo, really knuckled down late. So don't think there's any concerns there. And it was against a horse by the name of Makula. Um, and she's gone on to, you know, run a few decent races, broke her maiden and has gone down to Melbourne for a few group races. From there, has gone on to the Gloaming Stakes, um, ran second to head of States, who looks a very smart horse in his own right. And he basically lost that race himself. He sort of ran, um, he ducked right back in towards the rail, which is probably possibly a little bit concerned going down to Victoria, um, going the different way or the other way for the first time but um he really made amends in the spring champion stakes robbie dolan really got him held him tight and he really ripped away from it outstanding win i expect to see him sitting he could possibly find a box seat spot here if robbie dolan really pushes the button early you can see Pasero kicking up here as well as what's that horse yes lightsaber that's one you speak of i think those two horses should kick up here and i think he can just either sit outside one of them if they decide to take restraint or he could box seat here obviously worst case he gets caught three deep but um i think if robbie's positive with him he, he finds a nice spot here in a race where there's not an abundance of speed and the main dangers will be quite far back blake i see you are with a galloper that was eye-catchingly good in the csa stakes first up Indeed, extremely eye-catching, Jason. I had to uh, had to be throwing him into the black book after that run. Uh, that's number four, Forgot You. Um, I think he's drawn pretty well here, and after drawing uh, a little bit wider uh, last time, he, he ended up going way too far back for uh, for how well he began in that race. Um, clearly going to appreciate this, the uh, step up to the mile here. Uh, second up record is is good as well. He's had two starts for a win, so he's done it second up before, uh, like Mark Zara sticking. Um, I think from barrier six, we'll actually see, forgot you, um, land quite close to the speed. Hitotsu probably won't be anywhere near the speed. Uh, Corona Lad and Allegron uh, neither. So they're the three inside horses. So I think 
it's likely we're going to see if lightsaber does jump well, him on the rail leading. Uh, Rhinoceros will kick up as well, and forgot you should just get a nice little card across and um, and be able to settle in behind those two runners. Um, that's my that's my sort of read of the speed map for forgot you, and and I think if he can hold that position and and sort of be two or three pairs back, um, and even one off the rail or on the rail, um, he'll just be needing luck in the straight to actually get a run. And and if he does, and he shows that um that explosive turn of foot that he showed. Uh, when he got out first up, I think um, he'll be the one to catch. Um, I'd, I'm just hesitant with Profondo. Um, I I always say this with the three-year-olds returning and the favourites first up. Uh, there's just a lot of queries, really, really a lot of queries for me. Um, he's obviously, like you said, Jason, got the best form lines in the race by a mile. Uh, also has the most sort of hype and potential around him. Um, but... Yeah, it's just it's just really risky taking. I think anyway, taking taking the three year olds first up after those big uh, big preparations coming back. Um, I that said, I, I did like his I did like his most recent trial and synthetic, um, and I like the move bringing him uh, down the coast away from the the wet weather, which I I did see was the reason why he was coming down. So um, Hitotsu and Profondo. Obviously, we'll be watching closely to see how they come back. But I think for me, the bet in the race has to be Forgot You um, and even potentially a few others at, at nice odds just because of the queries that I said are around those two uh, favourites in the market who were, who were both first up. Um, Captivant and Pinstriped both ran really, really well in the same race as Forgot You. Um, just taking Forgot You because I, I think he'll actually be able to settle a lot closer this time and he, and he gets a few advantages over those two horses with the better draw um, and the step up to the mile. But those other two as well, if they get good runs from gate 10 and 11, they'll obviously um, be giving this a, a big sh- a big shot. And uh, lightsaber is just really up in the air for me. If, he, if he's behaving better behind the gates, I might um, have something on him because I know he's going to be up there. And given there aren't a lot of other horses who are drawn well who are going to be up on the speed, it might just be uh, one of those races that turns out to be one from uh, those few horses that are in the sort of front two or three and um, and are there sort of coming around the turn, giving giving them all something to chase. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a really, really interesting race to watch regardless, but um, I'm with Forgot You. Yeah, I think that last horse you mentioned there, Lightsaber, very interesting running here. Um, he's contested in... Uh, open aids group two group one races in his first two runs this preparation and i did back him in that csa stakes and he was heavily supported he was around eight dollars in the four dollars 80 and started favorite but um as blake's already alluded to he got scratched the barriers so it'd be interesting to see how he comes back with the barrier blanket on so hopefully he's feeling nice warm and cozy and comfortable in the barriers this time so he might be one at odds that could surprise here um because given he came out and didn't race and go close in that CSA stakes is probably much shorter odds than what he is here. Uh, mm. We're going to move on to the JC trial files. Now we went down last week. Will Burry, you soft pea hearted prick of a thing. Jesus Christ. He got, to, he got to the front. It was all over a winner and he just didn't kick. Like, mate, it's 950 meters. Like I'm not asking for a lot. But, uh, <laughs> it's all right, Will Burry. We'll, we won't even keep you for another day. We'll just sack you and we'll say thanks for nothing and we'll leave you alone. So, 
I'm going to go rely on the Phillies now. The, the girls have been treating me well. So we're going to go Dubbo. So we got back in my my realm of things. I don't know why I went to Victoria. I just don't like Victoria. Sorry about that, Victorians. But um, going Dubbo tomorrow, not a lot of rain has hit Dubbo. Okay, so it's still a soft six and there's no rain predicted from now up until race day. So we might get back on a drier surface than it is currently. Race one, number six, She-Hulk. Really rated her first trial. This is a strange one here because she is second up here and this is the trial files. However, I did black book her off her trial. So I'm not going against my own, um, I guess, prerogative here, but thought she tried really well for the new trainer, William Friedman. He goes pretty well down, um, down that way. Uh, Scone, I just really liked when she was asked for an effort by Brandon Griffiths. She really extended and then he put her back on the bridle late. First up, the reason why she's not on this trial's uh, trial files first up is because she bumped into a horse by the name of Omni Man, who went around, I think, a dollar twenty favorite in this race at Gosford. Um, and he's quite a smart horse for Gay Waterhouse. He looks to looks to have Saturday potential and ability off his trials himself. Um, so I couldn't make her a bet, but I thought she didn't shirk the task at all. She continued to respond to the pressure that Andrew Adkins applied to her. And I thought she finished off well enough there, finishing second beaten uh, just on just over a length. So now she drops back to a country maiden. Draws barrier one, goes up 100 metres, second up, has that fitness. Ran four lamps off beat test, um, second up last preparation. So that's great form for a race like this. And we get Matthew Cahill, the premier jockey down there on board. So I think she's op she opened around $1.70, drifted out to about that 220-230 mark, which I think that's where I had her around price. So I'm happy to take that. I think she'll be very hard to beat. Main danger in the race, number seven, Vanilli, who also has been very well supported. Blake, Hong Kong horse for Sunday at Shutting. Uh, race nine, we're going to. Uh, well, actually, there's two I want to mention. So the first I'm going to mention is in race nine, um, number three, Flying Ace. This horse, I'm, I'm unsure whether it'll be a real betting proposition on the day because he's won three from three. I've been on him all three starts, um, and he's won pretty impressively. Um, in each of those three starts, the form around him is just really, really strong all the way through. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not looking good in terms of the price that will open up on Sunday, and that's why I'm unsure whether whether or not it will be a betting proposition. But he does look really, really, uh, really gifted. Um, and, yeah, coming into his fourth start now, I think he can, can keep that picket fence going. So um, he's definitely one to keep an eye on at least to see what price he does open up. I think anything over... Um, even odds in terms of sort of towards the 250 uh, or higher than that is definitely a betting proposition for me. Um, yeah, it's looking unlikely. Let's just say that, that we'll get uh, anything over even odds though. So uh, just keep an eye on that one, race nine, number three, flying ace. But I think one that will be at least a decent price uh, is in race seven, number four, co-partner era. This horse, um, it doesn't win out of turn, but He's been running really well lately um, in a few of his races, but he's he's been drawn wide pretty much all season. So since the start of the season, he's been drawn gate 14, 7, 8, 11, 12, 11, and 9 last start. And last start he uh, from gate 9, he ended up finishing fourth. He was pretty much dead last the whole race, um, showed a really nice turn of foot, which which he often does. He has showed a good, good sort of turn of speed from, from back in the field in most of his runs. But given he's drawn gate two on Sunday, I think of any sort of race that he's com, com, uh, contested this season, this is definitely the one that I would want to be on him in. Um, he's 
the fact that he's been drawn wide and hasn't been winning uh, very often means that he's sort of well in still at the ratings for I think how how uh, how high his ability is, and I think um, yeah he can definitely progress uh, out of class four, which he might do if he wins on Sunday. So um, yeah, interesting to see what what price he opens up. I think he can settle a lot closer than he has in his last few races, and I think um, it will be one of the horses to beat in race seven. That's number four, co-partner era. Beautiful. That's the two horses you should be following for Sunday at Sha Tin listeners. Now let's move into Randwick. We're going to be covering a lot, of, a long portion of our time here because we've got the track conditions, weather and bias to go through. Uh, weather, 27 degrees, rainy, rail, out six metres. Forecasted rain for Saturday, four to 15 millimetres. Um, however, there has been hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of millimetres <laughs> that have dropped on Royal Randwick um, over the past, I guess, seven days. Just looking now, there's been 16 millimetres of rain already today, which, you know what, isn't too bad because they're expecting 50 to 85 millimetres. So if they get that, then we'll be uh, getting the snorkels out. But, um, yeah, it's currently a heavy 10. By race day, it could be a heavy 20, but I just can't see how they're not going to at least try and get this meeting to go ahead. What about you, Blake? How do you think? Do you reckon we'll get a meeting? Uh, honestly, it's, <laughs> it's anyone's guess at this point, I reckon. But, um, if, if I had to guess, I'd say, yes, just purely based on what you said, Jason, we, last weekend, it looked the same sort of the first couple races, the track, like I remember watching May Rose run and you could barely even see the horses. Um, and that was in race two. And I thought there's no bloody way they're going to get through this whole thing. And, and sure enough, they did. They were lucky that the rain sort of held off midway through the meeting and, and the second half of the meeting actually turned out to be okay. But um, if it if the same thing happens this weekend, two weekends in a row, um, it will be very, very interesting to see how the track holds up or if it if it holds up. But, um, yeah, I think what you said, they'll, <laughs> they'll be trying as hard as they can to get the meeting done just because of the quality of the racing that's, that's going on. Yeah, I don't think they can afford to uh, postpone a meeting with multiple group one uh, mm. races on betting turnover xyz multiple things so um i think we will go ahead but yeah god knows how bad the conditions might be i don't even know. i honestly still don't know how they kept racing last week like that is probably the worst i've ever seen a racetrack like conditions wise but like credit to the racetrack like it held up really well there was in my opinion no real bias like no obvious bias where you know they're, they're mm. all leading or they're all going wide and you know like they use every part of the track and they're coming from everywhere at the end of the day so um yeah maybe, maybe the track i heard they've done some renovations so obviously it looks like the renovations have worked for the first time in a while so um what well unterrained with um let's head to race seven the group one canterbury stakes over to 1300 meters uh big scratching here in the morning zaki going down to melbourne apparently um, and he's really blown this betting market right apart. Forbidden Love is the current $3 favorite with our good friends at Dabble. Blake, speed map, what goes forward here? Quite a few could go forward. Um, I, I don't suspect they'll get into sort of a, a, a tussle for the lead, um, but there are plenty of horses in the race who will actually press forward, um, including potentially Colding. Special reward, Forbidden Love as well, uh, was leaders back last time and, and is drawn a little bit wider. So it'll be interesting to see what Huey wants to do on Forbidden Love. Dice Roll can roll forward as well. Um, so, yeah, even Lighthouse um, wasn't too far away in Melbourne last start. So 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see which ones uh, sort of make the move to actually take the lead because uh, there aren't many of these horses who are out and out leaders, um, I think is, is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, there are plenty of horses who do like to sit towards the front of the race. So uh, it'll be interesting. Be interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just quickly go in there. Colding will get scratched. There's no way they're going to run him on a heavy 10 track. It's just He won't even go. There's no point. They're just wasting a run with him. So I'm expecting him to be scratched. And once that happens for me, I think this race really becomes a race in two. I think this race is completely down to law of indices and private eye. I literally cannot see any other result. Um, and I'm purely going law of indices based upon um, their runs in the Golden Eagle last year. They were absolutely identical, uh, sectional-wise. However, law of indices had a tougher run, um, and it was his first run in Australia. So I'm happy to give him the improvement there. Happy to give him a tick. I thought he's run first up in the Southern Cross Stakes Group 3 level over the 1,200 metres was very good. Drew Barry 11 on that occasion, 11 of 11. This horse has had no luck with barriers. I can guarantee you from, I can actually guarantee you, from barrier three on Saturday, he will be box seating. He will be box seating. I'm telling you, this horse can sit forward. It's just because of his runnings, um, just because of the barriers he's been drawing that he's had to go back. <laughs> And that is the reason why I'm going him over law, uh, over Private Eye because I think Private Eye will be giving this horse two or three lamps as well as that one run under his belt on a really heavy track. And I think Law of Indices is a very smart horse. He won very well at Juvial on a soft track from the front against Thunder Moon and Midtown. So very strong overseas form lines. Two eye-catching runs here in Australia so far and T-Berry booked. And I don't think there's... Um, I don't want to read too much between, you know, Zaki getting scratched and them keeping this runner in the race, but uh, I think they've made the right move, the team. Forbidden Love, under the odds, she's flying. I think she crosses here from the wide alley, but yeah, she is flying, but I think she's under the odds. And Lighthouse too, I think Lighthouse flying too, but just, just this one is disgustingly short. If Lighthouse wins, I'll be overly shocked personally, but um yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take Lighthouse like literally just out of the market. I think anything other than that horse almost becomes value. But um, I've got to say, once again, Law of Indices, very, very keen on this Galloper. Same, same on, on those two, uh, Law of Indices, Private Eye. I think for me, the way I looked at it was Forbidden Love and Lighthouse both got the ideal run last time. Forbidden Love was able to win, Lighthouse ran second. They both pretty much ran as well as they could have um Tafane since not not one um and yeah I yeah I considering Forbidden Love's drawn further out and Lighthouse has made the move now um from Melbourne to uh Sydney both of those I, I don't like as well and the fact that they're both favorites in or the top two in the market um like you said Jason I think both of them are unders and uh, don't want to be sort of looking that way um, so I, I looked the same way as you did at this at this race um, between Law of Indices and Private Eye, but I lent the way of Private Eye um, pretty much purely because I've got a soft spot for him and, and he's won for me before last season. But <laughs> but um, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how these how these two horses go against each other. I've really really liked the trials of Private Eye, every single one. Um, really really like the look of them. So. Um, Obviously, good first up record handles the uh, the wet conditions. Two from two on heavy, um, and has an explosive turn of foot. So I think even though he will be 
a little bit back in the run. It's it's not going to end up being a, a huge field, especially if Colding comes out. Um, so I think Private Eye um, will will have enough here first up to to be coming down the outside and winning. Beautiful. Do you want to talk about any other runners in the race? But uh, I, I don't think so. I'm really confident. This is probably the race I want to watch on the weekend because I think mm. I think it's just a two horse race. And I just think Law of Indices will have a couple of lengths on Private Eye, and I think that might be enough. But um, best of luck to you, Blake. Maybe we have a uh, – I was going to say maybe we have an inside internal bet, but um, but you like Law of Indices yourself, so there's no point. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Might, might be on both by Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, well, you're getting five dollars for both, and there's two horses mm. in the market that I cannot get anywhere near that price. But um, that's all good. We'll move on to race – Eight, the Renwick Guineas over the famous mile. Animo's back and he steps up to the mile for the first time since, when was it? Probably the Caulfield Guineas when he won that race, uh, Group 1 level, last preparation. Um, he's your current $1.80 favourite with Dabble. Um, and, yeah, he's obviously going to be hard to beat, Blake. What do you think? Would you Are you taking $1.80 or do you reckon something can take, uh, turn the tables on him? I, I, don't, think, I don't think anything... In this race, we'll be able to turn the tables on him personally. Um, Halau got really close last time, and I and I did mention that that I liked Halau um, against Animo last time from Barrier One. He he pretty much did everything I thought he would. Sat closer, um, got a little gap when he needed to, and still wasn't able to beat Animo, who um, who definitely had a tougher run. Now they go up two hundred meters, and um, Halau's drawn a little bit out, a little bit further out in Gate Four. Um, Animo's drawn pretty much identically barrier eight to barrier nine um j max back on i yeah i i think although look i saw a comment on the uh on facebook about this as well um under the tab post for the when the when the field came up but um i i can't see this race finishing any other way than animo converge allow uh, making the top three personally um unless something does run out of the run of it run out of its skin and, and run third I think Animo winning and Convergent allow making second and third up is is pretty clear um, to me that that's the way it's going to go anyway. Um, and yeah, given given the way Animo was able to win over the fourteen hundred, now getting up to uh, the sixteen hundred, I think he'll still be the one. Or he obviously is still the one to beat, and I think he uh, he will win. Beautiful. I have to agree with the Animo statement, but I'm going to disagree with that other statement you made about one, two, three, finishing one, two, three. I think War Eternal here, um, he is fourth favourite. I think he can beat Converge home. I just don't think Converge will excel in the swamp that Randwick will be. I think he's, I thought his best run so far in his career have been on rock hard firm tracks at Eagle Farm. Um, and or oh, his best run was that run, um, the JJ. Um, and I think War Eternal is really good. Benchmark 78 company really went to the line well behind Tamerlane and Dardran. Um, and, you know, he's dropping back to his own age group here. So he's already done it against the older horses, obviously has to step up and verse some really smart horses here. But um, I think you can run a decent race here, War Eternal, at a bit of a price. But you yeah, have to be of Animo. Um, Halau had him all over. He, he had him shot to bits there 50 minutes ago. But I thought Animo dug deep, found an effort once again. Might just need that competition. Might just need to eyeball another horse because it really did look to bring him on. And, you know, that Cox plate was no difference, you know. Like when 
that state of rest horse had him cold. Don't want to talk about that race. I'm still pissed off about the protest, but um, he had him cold state of rest and he really did lift another gear. So I think Animo at 1,600 metres now. Um, I like James McDonald back in the saddle. No disrespect to Tommy Berry, but um, even Tommy himself said, you know, I felt like I had nothing. And then when I asked for a few cracks, he got there way faster than I thought he would. And then he sort of <laughs> clocked off. So I think, um, I guess Tommy had that experience on him. Now he'd be better off the second ride. But I think uh, a more familiar jockey on board, Animo, James McDonald, will go really well. And, you know, he's proven his best win visually so far was that, um, what well, I was going to say, the champagne. What race was it? It was over the 1,400 metres where he really sprinted away. I forgot what race it was, but he did beat Halal on that occasion by three lengths. And that was on a soft seven at Randwick. So I think that's the closest uh, wet track that we can, I guess, gauge a line with Animo, but um, I don't know if I'll be betting at dollar eighty, but I can't bet against him. Um, so yeah, I was going to say anything else that odds sort of spreak your interest, but um, you've shut that door pretty quickly, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think Animo is just going to get shorter as as we get closer. Honestly, um, the only real query is just how cooked the track's going to be. But apart from that, he just really looks like he'll win again. Honestly. Yeah. All right. That closes out the races we'll be covering this Saturday. We're going to head into our $100 viewers competition now. Uh, we had a host of guests last week. We had roughly five of them, with the only victor being Brandon Oliveira. So well done to Brandon. He shoots straight to the top of the leaderboard with his $260 on Marabai. Um, and, yeah, he looks hard to beat in this current position, considering no one else is on the leaderboard. So, bloody, what <laughs> these guys are doing, mate. We've got three new people this week. So, I'm hoping one of these blokes can get on the leaderboard and give Brandon a bit of pressure. First of all, Canterbury Stakes, my good mate, Billy Elzayat, he's joining the podcast. $100 to win on Forbidden Love. Uh, we just absolutely ripped one in the Forbidden Love. So, uh, <laughs> I really need to, you know, throw anything to you, Blake. But, uh We'll move on. Well, I'll say is best of luck, Billy, but we hate this tip. Um, <laughs> Randwick Guineas. George, don't want to ruin your last name, George. We'll just call you George. $75 to win on Animo, $25 to win on War of Turner. I really like what he's doing there, George. I think I think those are the two. And, you know, he might get his, he might get that $25 at 11 to 1 and just pip off Brandon for top spot. So um, best of luck to you, George. And the Australian Guineas. Jordy Franks, he enters the competition, but he doesn't give me his tips. What's the point of entering, Jordy? Come on, mate. <laughs> Lift. Uh, <so laughs> Jordy's been a follower. I'm sure Jordy will pass through his tips and we'll get that on the poster to, to post later on tonight. So best of luck to all the listeners that are joining us this week. Out of those three, or out of those two, who would you rather be, Billy or George? Uh, I think I'd rather be... Holding off and not tipping yet. <laughs> I think I'd rather be the one that hasn't submitted the tips. Jordy's <laughs> getting some love. He went from he went from lift mate to give you some love. But uh, yeah. anyway, we'll move on to our own competition, Blake. Um, I've extended the lead a little bit back in the green, which was good because I got to that minus ten dollar mark last week, and thank God to hinged and uh, I guess very elegant. Um, I'm sitting on $111,111 and Blake is minus $453, but I'm not going the early crow. We still got multiple races. We've got about 15 or 20 races to go through. And we saw what happened last year. We saw what happened last year. I, was, I got down to minus 500 or so and I clawed it back. So 
what are your position? What, what's your thought on your current position? That, that's more so my question here. Uh, I'm comfortable. I'm chilling. He's chilling. A few pairs, few pairs back the rail. That's that's all. I'm just by. I'm just waiting for a run. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna do a little, little Zach Purton up the rail. Yeah. That's all we need. All right. What is going to get you up that rail in the Australian Guineas on Saturday? I'm going one by three each way. I forgot you. I was uh, I was tossing up with this one a little bit, but um, yeah, I've ended up with a one by three. I think. Uh, the place is, looks pretty likely, and uh, if he if he does manage to get up, it'll be a nice little fill up as well. So, one by three each way. Yeah, I wanted to do the same. I wanted to get on Forgot You, but I just watched that replay back, and I know he's got to settle a bit closer and blah blah blah. You know, there's a million one things, but just the way pinstriped, they sort of were going to the line at the same speed of each other, and sectionals somewhat back that up a little bit, even though he did have the fastest last two hundred meters out of the race and on the day. Um, but then I just got to a point where I had three horses. I didn't want to split them all up. So I just hundred dollars to win on the best horse in the race, Profondo. Canterbury Stakes. Blake, who are you with? I am with hundred hundred to win on private eye, plain and simple. Same. Plain and simple. Law of indices, hundred to win. <laughs> Let's go, Randwick, you're on. Randwick Guineas. We look uh looks like we've copied each other's homework, but you haven't put the capital A and I have. <laughs> oh, he'll have a capital lay on his name after uh after saturday that's for sure don't think there'll be any fill-ups though yes all right that's a hundred dollars win for both of us on animo in the randwick guineas best bets now blake do you have anything across the country on what is going to be an absolutely diabolical and wet day uh, it's uh it's always tough trying to guess what the uh what the track's going to be like and which horses are going to be favoured when it's raining like that uh, especially in Sydney so I'll I'll mention a few or actually I'll mention one that's uh, that's going around in Melbourne uh, by the name of Inspirational Girl ran over the 1400 metres behind uh, Tefane uh, in that 1400 metre group one uh, first up second up three from three distance three from three gets up to the mile now uh, barrier seven closed off really really well last time gets 53 kilos so coming up against Zaki it's um It'll be a big matchup, but I think inspirational girl with all those uh, all those factors in a in her favor can can give Zaki a shake here. Pikey? <laughs> Pikey's in Sydney, baby. Yeah, P- Pikey. He has been he's been struggling to find his feet, young Pike. But um, he'll get there. He'll get there. It's a it's, yeah, there. it's as tough a jockey rank um in the world, Sydney. So it's going to take time. Even the apprentices they come over here and they take their time. So I'm sure Pikey. We'll get in the mode of things very shortly. I'm just going to stick with the group one. I am really keen on Law of Indices. I think he's a great price currently. Um, you can get around that $4.50 mile roughly with Dabble. Um, and you can use your rocket boost on Dabble. Don't forget to use your rocket boost. I'm pretty sure they supply mm. a handful of those. And, you know, you might get $12. Who knows? I don't know how generous they want to be. You might get $4.60. You might only get a $0.10 cent boost. But you know what? It's much better than all these other bookmakers out there because they're only giving you like five cents, ten cents. Whereas with Dabble, you could be getting anything. Who knows? Depends how long you want to hold that trigger finger. Hey, hey, you know who else you could rocket boost is Yance in the last at Flemington. I've just he's in my black book and uh, oh, she's in my black book. Been mentioned a couple of times in the podcast, so keep an eye on her. Yeah, she's good. She's been going really good, ticking through those benchmark grades, which is exactly what you want to be doing. That's a good time of That's years, it. but yeah, obviously it should be hard to beat. And there's a 
it's a very deep race that one too. The gentleman Roy is absolutely flying as is high and dry and the list goes on there. But um, yeah, she, she's going as well as any mare currently in Melbourne. All right, Blake, that's about it for this week. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a bit about Dabble? Just, just, just tell us what we're missing out on. If well, involved. we've been chewing their ears off about Dabble for the last few weeks, so hopefully they know everything about it that they need to now. But um, I'll go over it again just in case you decide not to listen the last few weeks. Um, you're missing out if you're not on Dabble because they're, they're a great, great bookie. Um, Google Play in the App Store, as Jason mentioned. mentioned um, and the great thing about it is that they combine – the, uh, the social aspect with with the punting as well. So you actually get the uh, the banter chats and um, you can, you know, share each other's bets and put comments and descriptions and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's a lot more in, in engagement with um, with other people when you're uh, when you're getting around the races on a Saturday. So it's um, it's great. And you can follow us. You can follow Campbell's Gambles on Dabble and you get to see all the bets that we post. And with one click of your finger, you can uh, you can be on with us. So follow those best bets and uh, keep an eye on the Hong Kong heroes post as well. I get all my, uh, get all my bets up there for the Wednesday and Sunday nights. So yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great bookie and um, yeah, great, great partnership we've got going. Yes. Big thanks to Dabble as always. Um, that's about it. Um, if you're looking at a bet this Saturday, there's no better place to do it than cginsight.com.au. You can buy our Saturday racing package starting at 2695 um and yeah i think we can have a big week this week there's a few nice runners out there especially around the provincial traps and doing the newcastle form intensively this week so um i think we have a big week follow the socials as always at campbell's gambles on facebook instagram and tiktok follow that tiktok too because we've got our greyhound dixie gamble she is back in action she's running this saturday at rockhampton so i'm going to be dropping a bit of a, a skill on how she's been going trial times and all so the punters out there can line up the times to what's on the racetrack and see if we can get some dosh out of her first up in Rocky. How does that sound, Blake? You got to be on. Sounds good. Sounds good to me, boss. Sounds good to me, boss. Yeah, beautiful. All right, join us next week for episode seven. Not sure what race we'll be covering, but um, we're covering races. <laughs> That's all you need to know. We'll That's be covering races. Know. What's happening in Melbourne this week, Blake? What's happening? Where's my invite? What's ha- Is it Formula One week? No, we've got ultra music festivals on uh, on the Saturday night. So it's going to be a big Saturday. We've got uh, plenty of racing. I don't know if I'll be able to scrape into Flemington before the festival, but um, I'll definitely be having a cheeky bet on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I've got... Uh, I don't know how, but I've mixed up my priorities here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but no, it'll be, a, it'll be a good weekend nonetheless. So, okay. Crazy. Best of luck to the listeners this Saturday. going to be a huge week. And JC out. Like, done. Dot, dot. <laughs>